the Stock Market Option Trading Podcast. My name is Eric. And in this episode, we're going to cover what I think the best option strategy is for beginners and those with small accounts. Now, this is episode 102 of the podcast. And for this episode, we're actually going to pull from episode two, 100 episodes ago of the show, because I still think this is the best strategy when you're just starting out trading options. Now, this episode was originally recorded and aired in March of 2020. So you may hear a couple references uh, from back then, such as I think there was one part where I said, well, you know, unless there's a COVID crash or something, and it turned out there ended up being a COVID crash. And also that SPY was trading at 335 back then. Now, a lot has happened since then. But to this day, despite COVID, despite where the market's at now, I still believe the put credit spread is the best strategy for small accounts of beginners. And we're going to go through the strategy in detail in the context of running a stock market insurance company. Now, let's get into the episode and we're starting right now. In this episode specifically, we're going to cover what I think is the best option strategy for beginning option traders, which is the put credit spread. And you probably already know what that is and have seen videos and read the books. But what we're going to do is something a little bit different today. We're going to talk about sort of a mental framework that I want you to sort of be thinking about when you're trading put credit spreads. And the framework goes beyond put credit spreads, but we're going to talk about that specifically towards those today. So there's a few reasons why I think the best strategy for beginners is to put credit spread. And one of the main reasons is that it is risk defined, meaning you know exactly how much you can lose, the most you can lose, and you know the max that you can actually win and usually end up somewhere in the middle. Um, The other thing is that you can trade these spreads with as little as $100. So if you have a small account or maybe you just want to kind of dabble and just get started to see how it goes, you can do that with a very little amount of capital. And if you learn how to trade them properly, they're easily scalable to larger accounts and larger sizes. Uh, For example, we're going to talk a little bit about SPY versus SPX. And if you can learn to trade SPY with a small size, you can easily scale that up to SPX. And the other thing about put credit spreads is there's a lot of ways to trade them. And I'm going to kind of create the spectrum of sort of conservative versus aggressive conservative. Um, we're going to talk about in a future episode, probably the next episode, but you know, really it depends on your time frame. You can trade, uh, put credit spreads the day of expiration. They're very fast moving. You can trade them 30 days out, 45, 60 days out, very slow moving. So you can really sort of craft the put credit spread or this particular trade, uh, to your own, uh, you know, your own situation. You can do a small account. Maybe you have a day job and you can't watch the market all day, so you might want to lean towards a more monthly conservative strategy. Or if you're a little bit more on the day trading side, you can trade very short-term spreads. But again, the concept is the same. And what we're going to cover today is that that framework, which is going to help you, uh, you know, when you're trading those spreads. So the framework I've mentioned is thinking about selling put credit spreads in the way of running a stock market insurance company. And I'm gonna loosely call the put credit spread an insurance trade, and we're selling the spread, we are not buying it. And the reason this is important for you to understand the the insurance trade concept is so that you, you choose to trade put credit spreads, you'll be able to think in terms of running your own business, and you're not gonna get caught up in the complexity of the Greeks, technical analysis, um, which is, you know, a lot of people try to 
you know, make it more complex than it is. So we're going to think of the put credit spread for for today as running sort of an insurance company. We're going to call it the insurance trade. So before we dive into the insurance trade, I want you to know this isn't something that I made up, uh, but I do think it's the best way for beginning traders and intermediate traders to really think about when they're trading uh, put credit spreads. And we're also going to call them bull put spreads because it's ultimately a bullish type position. And I came across the, I think one of the best uh, ways that this was explained to me was through a book called The Option Traders Hedge Fund by Dennis Chin and Mark Sebastian. They go into way more detail than I'm going to go into, uh, but it's it really helped me understand what I'm doing when it comes to this type of spread. They go beyond and talk about different spreads as well, uh, more complex spreads, condors and things like that. But we're really going to kind of focus on the put credit spread, but still the same insurance trade concept applies. So I definitely recommend you go pick up that book. I think you can still get it on a Kindle. Again, it's called The Option Traders Hedge Fund by Dennis Chin and Mark Sebastian. So what I want to really hammer home uh, is the insurance trade concept as it pertains to put credit spreads where basically you're a net option seller. And you've already probably read that put options are similar to insurance contracts. So that's why we're going to keep it in that insurance framework. So real quick, the insurance is the equitable transfer of risk from one party to another. And we're going to kind of compare the put option to a car insurance contract. And basically, when you buy car insurance, you're basically buying a contract from an insurance company to protect you from a large loss and usually an accident of some kind. So if the loss happens, the insurance seller, and I'm going to use Geico, for example, uh, the insurance seller is going to pay you to bring you back to even if you have that accident. That's what the insurance for is to cover your losses um, that would, or at least offset some of your losses in case you had a big accident with your vehicle. So one main difference here with options is that you don't actually need the stock to buy or sell the insurance. So with you know car insurance, you have to own a car to buy the insurance, and they base the price of the insurance off the type of car and your age and your different situation. But in the options world, you actually don't need the asset. So we're still going to be operating like an insurance company, but we don't need to own the stock to in order to insure it. You can just become an option seller uh, without having to own anything. And that's that goes back to not needing a lot of money to put this trade on. Now, in the car insurance example, most of the time, you're not going to need the insurance as you're not going to get into a ton of car accidents every year. Well, hopefully, right? Now, the car insurance company knows this, and ultimately, they're going to get to keep the premium that you're paying for your car insurance, and that's how they make money. They sell you insurance, they get to keep the premium, and most of the time, they have it figured out so that they make money because they're going to keep more premium than they actually have to pay out at the end, right? So the goal of the insurance company is to sell as many insurance contracts that they've you know defined the risk with, and, and they do this through a variety of things with, like I said, the type of car, your age, your situation, your family, all that type of stuff. They ultimately try to sell as many insurance contracts where they know the risk and they try to keep as much premium as possible. But here's the thing, what you may not know is that sometimes insurance companies will go out and buy reinsurance for different sort of catastrophic events. So let me give you an example. So Geico, for example, might be willing to sell me car insurance. Now, I live in Florida and Geico may be afraid that one day a big hurricane is going to come through and wipe out all the cars in Florida or at least Central Florida or South Florida or wherever it is. 
And so if they're insuring a bunch of cars in that area, they're going to have, you know, there's a risk of a large amount of loss that's outside the normal risk of, of, you know, theft or an accident. So what they may do is with some of that premium, they're going to go buy some insurance from another company that may protect them from a natural disaster, let's say. So that insurance is typically going to be less in cost. So they're selling something for one price and using some of that money to buy another price. They're going to call this reinsurance. And again, the cost of the reinsurance has to be less than the premium they took in so that they're ultimately profitable over time, right? So from the option traders perspective, if we're looking at put options as being an insurance contract and you sell a put option, that means you're insuring whatever stock it is that you're selling. But to to sort of protect us from the large loss of the stock going to zero or whatever, the way a put credit spread works is you sell one insurance contract, you, you, sell, you sell one put option, and then you buy one beneath the price to protect you in case the, the loss goes too far, the catastrophic loss. You don't want it to go be beneath your strike because ultimately you're going to have to start paying out uh, just like a, insur- a car insurance company would. You're going to have to pay that the buyer money for as low as that goes. Now, if you don't buy that protective put or that reinsurance to the option that you sold, ultimately what you end up doing is selling a naked put. Naked puts can be very, um, they're very risky. Remember, this is for uh, you know, beginning option traders, sometimes some, maybe some intermediate option traders. And I definitely do not recommend selling naked puts if you don't have the experience, not to say you can't make money or there isn't a, a time and a place to do that, but you need to have more experience for that. So what we're trying to do as a beginning options trader for you is to give you a strategy where you've defined your risk because you've bought that protective put. Now you are going to give up some of your gains for that, but you are gonna gain some consistency. There's some other things about return on capital, uh, some capital efficiency. We're not gonna get into that today, but just understand that by selling that naked put, uh, you you really wanna consider buying the protective put to make it a put credit spread. Otherwise you're selling naked puts, and I'm definitely not recommending that for, for a new trader. And so what the protective put does for us is, is a couple things, kind of like Geico, it's going to reduce our risk. So if there is some sort of large, you know, large move lower, that's unexpected, um, you're the, that protective put is going to minimize or our losses. They're going to kind of put a floor under how much we can lose. That's why when we go into this trade, we actually know exactly what our max loss could be if that catastrophic move were to occur. The other thing this does is reduce the amount of capital. And again, we're not going to go into detail, but when you sell a naked put, there's a lot of capital you have to put up because the the, the brokerage firm is concerned that if the market does move lower, you need to have enough capital to cover it. And if it goes way, too, way lower, they're going to close the trade for you. But if you buy the protective put, it reduces the amount of capital. So again, like I said before, you can trade some of these spreads with as little as $100, and that's all the capital that you need. But if you sell the naked put, you're gonna need a lot more capital, especially if you're trading SPY or something. So let me give you a quick example. I'm looking at the SPY, and at the time I'm recording this, the SPY is trading about 336. And it's it's definitely in a bull mode. I mean, we're getting a little bit of a pullback on, on this day, but all the moving averages are moving up. And I'm looking at the 50-day moving average. The 50-day moving average is trading at about 325. So again, the market's at 336 and, 
or the current price is 336 and SPY 50 day moving average is about 325. So what you could do or consider, and this is definitely not a trade recommendation is strictly for an example, is if you go look at the option chain for the monthly options, they're about 30 days le uh, left. And you could sell the 325 put option, which is right at the 50 day moving average. And what we're saying by, by making that trade, we're saying, okay, look, I don't think that the market is gonna trade below the 50 day moving average over the next 30 days. Now, if you believe the market is going to trade lower and you're a perma bear, then maybe you don't wanna take that trade. But if you're looking at the trend and the trend is saying, well, you know, it, it would take a lot for the market to go lower, then you, know, you have to decide that you're going to insure the market. And that's the point of this example. Are you willing to insure the market down to the whatever level? And I'm just you know picking some random levels here. Um, and we're gonna talk about Delta in another, um, in another episode. We're gonna get in more details about when to choose and how to choose these. But currently that strike, the 325 is a Delta 22. So you know, without getting to the Greeks in this episode, there's a decent chance that the market stays above the 50 day moving average over the next 30 days. Now, I don't wanna take on all the risk because if the market drops for whatever reason because of coronavirus or something, and the market drops down to the 200 day moving average, I'm gonna lose a lot of money because I'm gonna have to make up the losses from the 50 day moving average and, and however far below that goes. I don't wanna take on that amount of risk. So what I'm gonna do is look to buy an option a little bit lower. Now, if I were to just sell the 325 put, I could get about $2.13 for it, um, about maybe 215. So it's just over $2 or $200 per contract. But since I don't wanna take on the risk, what I can do is buy the next option lower. So if I sold the 325 and I bought the 324, then I'm gonna reduce the amount of capital I need. I only need $100 and I can collect about 15 cents on that one. So think about that. So over the next 30 days, if I use $100 in capital and you know minus commissions, I can make about 10 or 12% on the capital allocated if the market stays above that. So I'm willing to risk, in this case you risk the difference, I'm willing to risk $85 or $86 or whatever it is because I think the market's gonna stay above that level. So that kind of in a nutshell, again, not recommending this trade, it's just kind of an example, is you have to decide at some point, are you going to insure the market? Are you okay with, with those levels? There's a lot of other things that play uh, into these decisions. It can be volatility, it can be time, there can be Fed announcements, but in general, the insurance trade concept is really applicable when you talk about uh, put credit spreads because you're selling one contract to insure the market and then you're buying a protective put to ultimately protect you as the insurance company because you're the one doing the selling. So I wanna touch on a couple other sort of comparisons with this particular trade example and being an insurance company is usually with an insurance company, um, you know, you buy a, a contract maybe a year, 12 months or maybe six months. Uh, the beauty of options trading is that especially with something like SPY, is that there's so many expirations and allows you to be conservative or aggressive. You can trade short-term, long-term, really whatever fits your style. And the example I gave, we, we looked at the monthly options, which had about 30 days when I was recording this, but you can actually change this around according to your style. 
The other thing I want to talk about, sort of similar to the the insurance rate concept, is the deductible. Now, typically, when you have car insurance, you have some kind of deductible. Maybe it's $500, maybe it's $1,000, maybe you don't have a deductible. And what the deductible res- represents is how much of that risk is is on the owner of the asset. In this case, in the in the you know from the car example, if I own my car and my deductible is $1,000 if I get into an accident, that means anything that's, any kind of small loss that happens, maybe I get a fender bender or the mirror falls off or whatever, I have to pay that myself. I'm not gonna go to the insurance company because it hasn't met the deductible. The deductible is the equivalent in the stock market when you're selling a put credit spread as kind of the distance between the current price and wherever the option you're selling. I want you to think about that. And, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll kind of give an example here. So again, with the same SPY, the market's trading at 336. Well, the put option that is just below the price at 336 is trading, trading for $4.76. So if you were to sell an at-the-money put, uh, put contract, you're basically saying, I'm ready to insure the market as soon as, it's, as soon as it goes lower. So as soon as it goes lower, then you have to start picking up the losses for the person who bought that contract. Remember, we don't want to uh, actually have to redeem our insurance that we sell. We want our insurance contract to ultimately go worthless, just like yours does almost every year. If you didn't get into an accident last year, your the put contract you bought on your car is worthless, and Geico got to sell the premium, and it expired worthless, right? Like, it's a, it's the same thing. So... The distance from the money. Now we looked at something that was we you know we talked about the 50-day moving average. This was 10 or 11 points below the market. Well, the farther we go, the less premium we collect because more of the risk is being put on the option buyer, right? If if someone's you know owning 100 shares of SPY and they want to buy some out of the money puts, meaning they're willing to take a five or 10% loss on the market, but if it goes beyond that, that's when they want protection. That is ultimately the deductible is how soon is the insurance contract going to start working. Now, if you're new to options trading, I hope this episode gave you a little context about how to think about trading options in the context of a stock market insurance company. Of course, just like the insurance companies, though, you need some data, you need some analysis to know what to insure and when to insure it. So be sure to stop by the website at stockmarketoptionstrading.net or check out the Stock Market Options Trading YouTube channel for free strategies and videos to get you started. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. 